welcome to How to Succeed in Theater by Sacrificing Everything. I'm your host, Katie Coleman. All sacrifices discussed in this podcast were fully consensual and 100% worth it because we love what we do. Right, guys? Right. Hi there. Today's episode features hair and wig supervisor Kelly Flanagan. Kelly is currently on tour with Six the Musical, and I had the opportunity to get a haircut from her in Salt Lake City the last time I visited the tour. I'm so glad I did because I got to hear about Kelly's 30-year career on the road, working on many of our favorite shows, including Beautiful, Memphis, and Hamilton. During this time, she also raised two kids. It's always so special for me to hear about full careers from women I admire, and I hope you enjoy hearing more from Kelly. Here she is. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? How's your haircut? Still good. I haven't had to cut the bangs yet. (laughs) Good. Don't do that. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) You're in Sacramento, right? We are in Sacramento, California. Yes. Great. Is it warm? It's warmish. I think it looks like it's about 60 degrees out there. The sun is shining. Well, that's nice. Good. It's better than here. It's gray and 30. Well, we go to Alaska in a couple of weeks, so. Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to soak it up as much as possible. Yes. I'm excited to talk to you. You have an interesting story. I was trying to remember what your job title is right now. I am the hair and makeup supervisor for six the Bolin tour. Okay. Hair and makeup supervisor. Great. And you have toured for how many years? Over 33 years, I think. Oh, (laughs) that is impressive. Probably 35 almost. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Name a few of the shows that you worked on that were highlights for you. Early in my career, my first show was City of Angels. Then I did Sunset Boulevard with Glenn Close in LA. Wow. I did The Color Purple, the Oprah Winfrey Color Purple in 2009. I worked on Radio City for the Heart and Lights tour show that didn't go, Spring Spectacular. Okay. Beautiful was probably my favorite, Mm -hmm. Carol King musical. Yeah. Worked on Hamilton. Yeah. The Angelica tour. Great. And I'm on six right now. Those are some big... Heavy hitters. (laughs) Yeah, there's quite a few of them in between that. That's the gist of it. (laughs) Yeah. And so when you're working on a show like, I mean, Hamilton's probably not the standard show, but let's take something like Six or Beautiful. Uh, You're not the only person, right? You usually have somebody helping you in each tour stop. So we pick up a local in each city. Um, Some of the tours, I have an assistant that travels with us, or I've been an assistant Mm -hmm. on different shows. But yeah, we pick up local people, and it's per the show as to how many people we need. Yeah. On this one, we pick up one person because we have to match. There's a lot of times in different theaters around the country, we have to do what's called parity. And if we have two people in our department, we have to pair with two people from the local departments. That's like the union is fighting for fair labor in their city. Yeah, it, it, it goes into their contracts. And that's an individual thing normally with the house or that local. Cool. And then what does it yeah. mean? What does your job look like on day to day? So my job, let, let's go. Um, I'll take you on a week that we move and we load in. How's that sound? That's perfect. Okay. So we normally travel on Monday. Yes. 
On this show, I don't go in on Monday night. Some shows I do go in on Monday night and start a preload. You're one of the lucky ones, right? Yes, I am one of the lucky ones. On this show, yeah, on Hamilton, I was in all the time. Uh um, This one, I can get everything done in four hours. That means um, I'll come in on Tuesday, like at noon, and meet my local, and we'll unpack the boxes, and I'll give her her notes and the directions of what we need to do for that day. Mm -hmm. And normally the week before, I kind of map that out. I write it down on a little calendar sheet, and so I know who I need to work with and what wigs need to be addressed for that week. Okay. Um, So we do that. We go on break. We come back. I go over the notes step-by-step with her. We go away for dinner. We come back. We have a show that night and introductions with all the actors and stuff like that. Yeah. And then we'll do eight shows that week, two on Saturday and two on Sunday normally, Mm -hmm. and load out Sunday night and start the process all over again on Monday. Yes. What a life. Yeah. And then in terms of actually taking care of a wig, I know nothing about that. (laughs) What is that like? Okay. So I've worked for the same designer for a really long time. So I'm very familiar with his wigs and what he likes to see presented on stage to the audience. So I am responsible for maintaining the integrity of the wig, maintaining the style, maintaining the design. And with this show, the makeup also, because that's a big component for the show. Oh, okay. Is what these girls look like on stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's all 100% human hair, all made custom for that person. They go into the studio and have a wig wrap when they get hired. And they build them a wig. Wow. They send it out to me and I cut it and style it and put it into the show. And do you wash them? We wash them uh, per equity rules. We wash them every three weeks. Okay. Some of them I wash a little bit more if they have like say natural curl in their hair and I'm putting more product in it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I have to rinse that out and wash it a little bit more. They get um, sanitized every night. Oh, okay. With just a 99% alcohol. We clean everything all the time. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty standard nowadays that everyone is wigged and everyone does their own makeup. Is that true? That's true. The standard is changing. Um, there are a lot of shows where some people don't wear a wig, so they do their own hair or they are using their own hair in the show. Okay. And if that were to happen, we would provide like products and haircuts and things like that for them Mm -hmm. to help maintain that. The show's responsible for maintaining their own hair. Got it. Most of the shows I do are wigged shows. Like a hundred percent. Hamilton, we had kind of like 50, 50. Some people wore their hair. Some people wore wigs. Interesting. And then does anyone ever have to change wigs in the middle of a show? Not on this show. Yeah. But most shows you have, yeah, what we call quick changes, uh-huh. where they're going from one character to another or a different timeline. Yeah, there's a lot of quick changes in a lot of shows. Yeah. So they will have multiple wigs. Uh-huh. I would say like on Hamilton, the average for the Schuyler sisters, they each had at least two, if not three wigs or two to three looks. Let's put it that way. That makes sense, given that show. So how many total wigs are on six and, say, Hamilton? So six, we only have uh, six girls on stage at one time, but we have four alternates. So we have ten girls 
but each alternate covers at least three rolls. Some of the universal swings cover four rolls. Yeah. So we'll have three wigs for each one of those girls. Okay. I carry about 25 wigs on this. Okay. And then what about Hamilton? How many wigs were you responsible for? Hamilton, we had 48 or 52, depending on who was in and who was out. Wow. We had a lot of universal people that would come in Mm -hmm. for, say, a week or two for a vacation cover or a COVID cover, as we all know. Yes. So we, it would kind of be a revolving door of that, and but it was basically 48 to 52. Now, not all those wigs go on stage every night True. because they're understudies. The swings and whatnot. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like for six, we have six wigs that go on stage and that's it. But I keep everything show ready mm-hmm. so that if something were to happen last minute or something happens on stage, we're quickly able to transition a person into that role. How long does it take for someone to go from like how my hair looks right now to fully wigged? <laughs> well, it depends. Um, I would say like on this show, the girls get there early. They, they like to take time with their makeup again, because that's a huge component for this. Yeah. But a wig prep normally takes five minutes. Once you get used to doing that, you come into the hair room, your hair is already prepped. We put the wig on you. We pin it on you. And I think we have 10 minutes in between each person, but it doesn't okay. normally take that long. Four to five minutes, you know. Okay. I've been doing it for a while. So, yeah. you know, the first day in a city is a little bit longer because our local person will work with three of our girls hmm. and I'll kind of help oversee to make sure everything's going smoothly with that. Right. But then if you needed yeah. to put someone in, in the middle of a show, you could do it. Very quickly. I could do that really quickly. Cool. I'm, I'm kind yeah. of a speed demon <laughs> that way. And I've had to do it. Yes, many, I'm many sure you've had to do before. that many times. And then yeah. you also give haircuts to people when they need them on the road. <laughs> I do. I am a licensed hairdresser also. That's so fun. So, yes, I give haircuts to a lot of times it's crew people, band people, Mm-hmm. You know, people in their personal life that want a haircut. Yeah. I give a lot of the girls haircuts. And it's very hard to go from city to city and be trusting a, a person that you you don't know to cut your hair. Right. And as you know from touring, we get pretty intimate with each other. I mean, I see these people every day. They're my family. Yeah. So, Absolutely. You know, we talk about it for a couple of weeks normally, unless it's somebody like you that says, hey. <laughs> Last minute. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I enjoy doing it. It also keeps up my skills for that and Mm -hmm. keeps me in that current position too. Yeah. So how did you get into this? I went to college for a couple of years and kind of got burnt out. Uh So then my mother was a beauty instructor at a beauty school and said, why don't you go to beauty school? You can always fall back on it. Yeah. (laughs) That's proven to be uh, true for you. (laughs) 1980, uh-huh. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> yeah. and I did that for about a year and a half. I volunteered at the opera, and then I started getting paid at Kentucky Opera. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, originally. Cool. I was getting paid at the opera. They needed someone for a Broadway show in the same theater. Yeah. So I went and uh, worked for them, and they took me out the next week. Oh, so pretty quickly. Yeah. Up and running. Yeah, it was It was not something that I pursued. It was not something I even knew really happened, you know. Yeah. A series of events led to a lifelong career. Wow. You know? And that first show was City of Angels, and I was there traveling local because a long time ago, a 
companies used to do what they call four-walling, which means that they go in and they're the presenters in whatever theater. I so see. I traveled with them to Chicago and to D.C., mm-hmm. and, and then all of a sudden I was in the middle of it. <laughs> friends taking a quick break to ask you to please support this podcast by doing all of the following number one follow us on apple spotify google podcasts wherever you're listening now number two review us on apple spotify google podcasts wherever you're listening now number three follow us on instagram number four find us on patreon number five tell all your friends and number six send us questions or interview ideas Okay, fine. Maybe you don't have to do all of those things, but even just one would be a huge help. The goal of How to Succeed in Theater by Sacrificing Everything is to shine a light on folks who are killing it in the theater industry and to help you find success too. So thank you for helping us help you. And one big reason why I wanted to talk to you is because you raised your family on the road. I did. Yeah, we weren't smart enough not to know better. (laughs) Well, so yes, let's talk about that. (laughs) How did that all happen? So I met my husband on a tour that I did, uh, Crazy Mm -hmm. for You, and we got pregnant, got married, and we were both working, and yeah, we had a baby. Wow. On Sunset Boulevard. Oh, my goodness. July 26, 1996. And what was his <laughs> job in the tour? He was uh, the assistant electrician. Okay. And at the time before my birth, I have to uh, make a disclaimer. Yes. I was not working that show. I had worked Sunset Boulevard I before uh-huh. in L.A., and I had worked it on Broadway. Okay. And when we took the tour out, I was quite pregnant. So. Uh-huh. So you were just along for the ride. Yeah, I taking was just care of along yourself. for the ride. But I had my son the end of July, and three weeks later we moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, and we moved every six weeks. That show was a we would sit down for six to eight weeks in every city. Oh, that's that's so, nice. Yeah, it's a little easier. Yeah. And then did you eventually get to work on the same show as your husband? Uh, we have worked on the same shows together after mm-hmm. that. About a year after that, we bought our house in Orlando, Florida. And we kind of did a partnership where he would go out for a while and then I would stay home. Oh, I would go okay. out for a while and then he would stay home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you weren't necessarily traveling with the kids for... Is it just one? So my oldest son, we traveled for about a year with him. Okay. And then I have a second son that's two, two and a half years older, younger than he is. Mm-hmm. And I took 10 years off oh, okay. and kind of raised them, became the PTA mom and all that. Got it. And then when they good. were in middle school, I did the Grinch and uh-huh. took them with me. And what was that like? It was great. It was hard. It was fun. It was hard. It was great. <laughs> it was. I kind of made it like a, a little game with them as to, okay, we're here at the airport. What do we do? How do we get through the security? How do we find a cab? How do we get to the hotel? That kind right. of thing. The actual life lessons. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, we're at the hotel. How do we find food? How do right. we find the theater? You know, and that was kind of right before the explosion with the phones. So it was, okay. uh, you know, a little harder to, to do, do those a things. More method, right. <laughs> and were there other kids on that show? There were. And that's one of the reasons it really worked out because yeah. they had someone that was a wrangler and a teacher. So they went to school with the other kids from Grinch. 
for three to four hours a day. And then I would go to work and it was only a 90 minute show. So they would stay at the hotel and hopefully not get in too much trouble. And and I always um, had housing that was very close to the theater. So it was something that my oldest one at that time, I think was 12. 13. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a unique schedule and really does allow for for time, daytime. Yeah, we got to, they got to see a lot, you know. It mm-hmm. was a lot of fun for them, I think. And it was the perfect age, you know, middle school is a hard 3 yeah. years, so it was good for them. And that was a year that that you all did that? It was just a, a shorter time. It was oh, like okay. a 12-week show because it's oh, a seasonal nice. Christmas show. Oh, right. But to back up a little bit, my husband did the Radio City Christmas Spectacular with the Rockettes for 14 mm-hmm. years. Oh, wow. Okay. So every Christmas and Thanksgiving and Christmas, we were in a different city because we oh, would go gosh. visit him. I see. The kids have always grown up with Christmas in a hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very few years that we had it actually at the house. <laughs> yeah. And what? how old are they now? Connor is going to be 28. Eight and Carson will be twenty six. And what are they doing with their with their lives? Um, My oldest son just graduated from film school, so he's uh, doing a lot of independent work and really enjoys it. And my younger son um, works at a car dealership for Audi. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I think they've kind of said mm, to the stagehand work, but... <laughs> sure, they could always fall back on it, I'm sure. As much as their parents move around and tour and all that, they've lived in the same house their entire oh, okay. life, basically. That's really nice. I mean, that stability is a lot for, yeah. for a kid. So it sounds like you guys found a good balance of... Yeah. That traveling life, but then <laughs> a stable home, which is which is great for two artists as yeah. parents. Yeah, truly. <laughs> okay, so one thing I like to ask all my guests: if somebody is looking to do your job, how is the best way to get started to do that? Um, I think the best way to do that is to go to their regional theaters and see if they need to have any volunteerships, if they have any programs, any mentorships that way. Going to New York and filling in is always a way to do it. And there's always kind of lifelines of what tours going out and who needs what. It's a little harder to get into the union. You do have to be a licensed hairdresser, braider, barber, something like that. And you do have to show a, a portfolio all of these tour jobs would be union jobs. So in order to work at that level, you have to have... Yeah, 90% of them are. There are a few that are non-union jobs. Um, okay. But for the most part, and I'm part of Local 798 out of New York, there is what's called ATC, which is another... It's not really a union. It's kind of... It was built for people that didn't have a local union that wanted to travel. Okay. So there are ways to get in through that. But I would really suggest for a person to start in their own city and see what's available, you know. Try it out that way. Making a couple of phone calls and saying, hey, do you need any extra help? Sure. Just to see if that's something that they would enjoy because it is not just a career, it's a lifestyle. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know? Definitely. I do know. And yeah, and if, if somebody is looking to have success in theater, what are some good things to think about? The biggest thing that I would say success in theater is to learn to be malleable, to be able to change on the drop of the hat and not be so set in ways that 
might hinder your job performance because each sure. city, each circumstance is totally different. Yes. So that's one of the things that I'm attracted to with it because I like change. I like to try to problem solve and, you know, set right. up a new room and set up a new hotel room and try to find food and try to, you know, those yeah. kinds of things. That balance between excitement and stability is is really interesting. And touring in particular offers like a very stable job. You're doing the same show every night, but your life is changing all the time. Yes. So being able to adapt to that is really important. Right. Your routine is always changing, I think, mm-hmm. you know, from week to week, show to show, whatever. And it's hard to sometimes keep that self in check. Right. Great. Anything else that you can think of that might be fun to talk about? It's been a lot of fun. Obviously, I like it or I wouldn't still be here. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you guys have another five months or so and then a little break. Yeah, until the end of July. And then we're going to have, I think, 10 weeks or something, which is lovely. That's really nice. You know, that's another good balance issue is, is trying to take time off for yourself and know when you yourself need to step back. Yes. You know. And that's really hard to do. That's really hard. You know, it's a lot easier to say it than to do it. Yeah. And touring, it can be really hard. And, and it's not good for anyone if someone in that situation no. is miserable. <laughs> no. I live in Florida and I've been in more winter on tour. Than <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Alaska for two weeks in February. <laughs> keep hydrated. Just keep drinking water. That's what they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good tip. <laughs> so much it's, it's such a delight to know you and to to hear your yeah, story I'm glad this worked out yeah me yeah. too and i i hope that they ship me off to tour again so i yes, get another haircut especially when you need a bag <laughs> i know exactly this is this is one of the reasons why i stick around i'm like oh, time time for a tour stop <laughs> i get my pt and my haircut that's right <laughs> well it was great to talk to you thank you so much bye. all right bye bye Thank you so much for joining us today. And until next time, support your local theater.